Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If what gets you to listen to a show is Canty and Carlin singing Lean On Me, now you're ready to go. It is Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones and Harry Douglas filling in. You can give us a shout, 888-SAY-ESPN. We are presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Lean on me, great song. I think, Harry, a better movie. Morgan Freeman is as the uh, principal there. Did you ever see the Lean on me movie? Oh, of course. And how great is it? What's what's his name on there, the principal? Lean on me. Okay, that's not the name. But you actually have a better voice than they do. And I think you just wanted it as an excuse to show people how well you could sing. Exactly. Harry Douglas (laughs) is here. I'm Matt Jones. Now, here's the thing people don't understand unless you've listened to us on this show before. He played at the University of Louisville. I, when I'm not on ESPN, do a show about the University of Kentucky. That is natural rivals. But in a past life, I was a lawyer. Harry, I think, thought he might be a lawyer. And we actually, while I was a lawyer... Harry was an intern at the law firm with me and did a little bit of work. Who yeah. would have ever imagined that 15 years ago, sitting in Frost Brown Todd in Louisville, we would end up on ESPN Radio together, Harry? And we're here now bringing you nothing but energy to ESPN Radio. That's one thing I love about being on with you, Matt, is that I always know that uh, we're going to get the knowledge, not just the knowledge, but the energy that's the expected energy. and that's needed when it comes to radio doesn't matter what radio it is, but radio period needs energy. And that's one thing we both have, my man. That's right. And we're going to have a lot to talk about Kentucky and Louisville because the car is going to take their fourth straight beat down this year. And I just want to make sure Harry knows that. But before we get to all that, the way these shows work for folks who don't know is there's a pre-show meeting that occurs where, where you pick the topics. And often when I do this show, I have to miss it because it's during my regular local show. So I just come in and I see the see what we're talking about, and I go, okay, that works. Well, I come in, and here's what I see. The first thing that we want to talk about, which Harry and the producer picked, Jets offensive lineman Mekhi Becton is likely out for the season, Coach Robert Sala said this morning. Now, it's terrible news because he's a key piece of the Jets for a variety of reasons that we'll get into. But when I saw that, the first thing I thought of is, where did Mekhi Becton go to college? He went to the University of Louisville. So Harry wanted to make sure that when we let off this show, we were talking about the cards. He hadn't been able to talk about what happens on the field for the last few years, so we would talk about the former players with Mekhi Becton. So I do want to salute you for making that to where (laughs) that's how we start this thing today. I appreciate it, and also our producer, Evan, he is a Jets fan, so oh, we, were in, we were in unison. We were on one accord when we made this rundown, and, and, and I'm glad that he agreed with me that we should lead off with it. That is because great. Because it, it is big news. It is big news, and for the New York Jets, and you think about the Big Apple, right? You think about the Big Apple, you normally think about a red apple, right? What color are the Giants? They have red in their jerseys. But see, this apple is green because we're going to talk about the Jets today. Because I think when you look at a guy like Mekhi I like Becton, you tried. You tried yeah, right there. I, I like it. All right, I'm going to go with you. Green apple, go ahead. Yeah, I tried. 
But you look at a guy like Makai Becton, who happens to be 6'7", over 350 pounds. You look at last year being injured and not being, not being able to be out there for his team. And you get the news today about the uh, fractured knee and him not this is basically going to miss this entire season. It's a huge blow. And, I, and I'm pretty sure you look at management, you look at the head coach, Robert Sala, you look at Mike LaFleur, the offensive corner, you even look at Zach Wilson. A lot of those guys are probably devastated right now. Now, granted, you got to go on and move on and practice and do what you have to do. But they're going to hang their heads a little bit because they were, they were keen on Makai Becton being a, a huge force within their offense. When you look at him last year, you talk about protection-wise. Zach Wilson was sacked 53 times, or the Jets quarterbacks combined together were sacked 53 times. That was, the, that was fourth in the National Football League. So but they had protection issues. You look at the run offense, they were 27th in the National Football League, right? So they had the run off, uh, offense issues. Now, how was all that tied into together when you think about the offense for the Jets? You look at Mike LaFleur, who came over uh, from the San Francisco 49ers uh, a year ago, and that Shanahan offense, what do they want to do? They want to rush the football effectively. The run game complements the play-action pass game. And if you're doing neither effectively, it's going to be a disaster. It's going to, it's going to give you a bad brand of football. So when I think about a guy like that, It's hard Zach to score, Wilson, Harry, if you can't oh, run or pass. or pass. That makes it very, very difficult <laughs> oh, yes. from what I've seen. And, and when you look at a guy like Zach Wilson who's going into his second year who wants to make strides, and I believe the Jets um, – management and their head coach did everything in their power to draft a guy like Brees Hall to pair him up with a Michael Carter to get the run game going. You draft a guy um, wide receiver-wise in Garrett Wilson in the first round from Ohio State. You have Corey Davis coming back. You have Elijah Moore. You bring over uh, a tight end and free agency from the Cincinnati Bengals to also help sure up and make sure Zach Wilson has all the weapons. But you can have all the toys you want to. You can have all the toys you want to, Matt Jones. If you do not have the offensive line being productive and doing things the correct way and have guys healthy, does it really matter? Because you're not going to have a situation. What we've seen from the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow last year, it just doesn't happen like that every day. You don't, you, you don't overcome sacks like that uh, throughout a year. Better yet, nine in one playoff game and still have an opportunity to win. So this injury to Makai Becton is a huge blow. And Zach Wilson... Uh, a guy that he was counting on to protect him, not his blind side anymore because they moved him to the right side, he's not going to be there. Brees Hall, a guy that he was counting on, he's not going to be there. And we hear, we see tweets right now about uh, the Jets in training camp and how awful the offensive line has been. And this is a huge blow, I think, in my eyes, and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to have an effect on them, especially early on in the season. Robert Sal, I earlier today in his press conference talked a little bit about what happened what happened with Becton and the result that will occur because of it you you worry about all of them uh these are young men and I think sometimes uh with social media in this world we we um dehumanize these athletes in the worst way imaginable and uh Makai has walked in this building and he has taken every single punch you can get from every which way and he shows up and he works his tail off and he grinds every single day. He shows up to camp and he's fighting to get himself back in shape. He's got videos of him vomiting and people are throwing shade and he's limping and he's doing all those different things and he's fighting the, for, this, for his family, for himself, for his teammates, for this organization, for this fan base and he's doing everything. 
and then everybody wants to drop him like a, a, a wet rag. That ain't the case. Um, we love Makai. We appreciate everything he's done, and it's, his ride is not over. His story's not over, and uh, he's got full support of this organization, and if you're a fan that wants to support him, you're more than welcome. Otherwise, just keep him moving. And Wow, I, there's got to be something that leads to that reaction because I can't imagine. I mean, maybe I'm missing something, but I can't imagine there were a lot of Jets fans that were mocking the fact that he got injured. I mean, this is a guy who is a huge talent, was a huge part early in his career of the Jets. I'm not sure where that comes from, but you know what it's like as a player. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter when you get injured, and if it especially happens two years in a row where you have to start thinking, what's my career going to be, it has to be very difficult. It is, Matt. In 2009, I actually, in one play, I tore my ACL, my MCL, my meniscus, and had a bone fracture. And all these things arise in your mind. And I'm thinking about Makai Becton, who's having these knee issues, these leg issues, right? Uh, I wasn't 6'7", 350-plus pounds. So think about that, me times three, and a guy that his size, it's probably going to have more of an impact on his body more so than a skill position player. Well, it's harder so, to recover. It's harder ex- to recover exactly. in that situation. Exactly. Not to mention you're a guy that's in a three-point stance or a two-point yep. stance on a consistent basis on that offensive line. So w- w- as fans, I-, I want people to start having more gratitude, right, and more respect for players who are in these positions because it's not easy, right? Because I took a friend of mine one time out to go work out, and he's throwing up everywhere and like, damn, I apologize, my man. I didn't know it was like this. Like you, you – you, it's like the remember that show the if diary. You're tell you think stories you know, about but you have me, no idea. If you're gonna tell stories about me, you should at least use my name. I mean, if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna say that, I, I'm sorry, I threw up. You're, it's hard to work out with you. Now that's not the only big story surrounding the New York team. It is time to go from the Jets to the Nets. But first, Harry has this from Vivid Seats. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and you can be there to catch all the action live with Vivid Seats. Get out to the ballpark and experience every home run, every web gym, and every walk-off. And with Vivid Seats Rewards, you'll start earning free tickets from the very first purchase. Buy 10 tickets, get the 11th one free. That's like getting 10% back on every ticket. From the box seats to the bleachers, Vivid Seats has you covered with tickets at great prices all summer long. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. Yes, it does. Kevin Durant advocated for Steve Nash to be the damn head coach. It's refreshing to hear an owner back a GM and a coach like that because, again, it doesn't happen that much anymore. What's ever in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets franchise, I'm going to do that. And in my opinion, that's to keep Kevin Durant. There may not be an athlete in America that is harder to please and whose feelings you have to worry about more than Kevin Durant. And that's not a criticism. Some people, you know, you just have to worry about their feelings. I'm one of those people sometimes. But with Kevin Durant, it's really the case. You have to worry about his feelings. And it looks like that's what Joe Side, the Nets owner, has to do. Yep. Kevin Durant apparently said he wants to be traded, and it's either him or the GM, uh, Sean Marks, and the coach, Steve Nash. The coach, by the way, that Durant helped pick. <laughs> I, I 
I have to tell you, Harry, when I saw the story, and I'm somebody who's had a long time sort of sympathy for Durant. I love to watch him play. I think he revolutionized the position. There are all kinds of guys coming up now. We had three of them in the draft here who would not play the way they do, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, et cetera, if it wasn't for Kevin Durant and the way he did it. So I'm a huge Kevin Durant guy. But I have to tell you, he wears me out. The whining wears me out. The complaining wears me out. He creates a team. He picks the players. And then in a couple years says, well, I don't like this. Let's get rid of everybody, me or them. I normally always hear his side with the player. Always. In this case, I'm actually glad the owner took up for the GM and coach because at some point someone has to tell Durant he can't continually put it on others and not himself. I agree with you. And it reminds me of the movie. Remember the movie Life with Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy? I skipped and, that and, one. I know what you're and, talking and, about, but well, I didn't well, see that in the theater. Well, let me tell you a little story about that movie, right? Please so one do. Of them I'm sure it was had, great. They haven't driven in a long time, right? And they, they was in, in, in prison down in, in Mississippi. And okay. The, the driver got the flu, and one of the guys had to drive, right? And yeah. I think it was Eddie Murphy came out and he told Martin Lawrence, just where the hell you think you're going? So when I'm thinking about Kevin Durant and all he's got going on right now, I want to ask, well, just who in the hell does he think he is? I understand you're Kevin Durant, but you chose to team up with Kyrie Irving, leave Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. Things didn't go as planned. You made the bet. You don't want to lay in it. You go in and you tell the owner that you want to trade. Okay, you're not traded exactly when you want to be traded. The Nets can't get the value that they actually want for you being a top two, if not the best player in the National Basketball Association, then you go in and tell them in a, at a separate meeting that you want to be traded. It's you or Steve Nash and, or, and Sean Mark, slash Sean Marks. You cannot make this up, Matt Jones. And when I first heard it and read the reports, I instantly got a migraine. I had to go get a goodie powder and take it. Because a I don't understand, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm. <laughs> You're the only person I. First of all, I have to stop <laughs> you right there. I have not met a person who takes goodies besides Richard Petty in like 35 <laughs> years. I thought, I thought goodie, goodies headache powder was only for like old women in South Carolina. Here, you do the goodies too. <laughs> yes, it's the only thing that and exceterin. Wow. But I like the exceterin hurts my stomach, so I got to take that. Wow, good. Now, I have to, I'm excited because I didn't know anybody who eats Werther's Original or takes Goody's headache powder, and now I know one. But continue oh, yeah. on. That's me. But, but you look at Kevin Durant, and you look at the Brooklyn Nets, and I'm glad Joe, uh, Joe Sy decided that, you know what, I'm going to take up for my head coach. I'm going to take up for my GM. Now, granted, let me say this. When all the trade talk started going on, I asked myself instantly, why is Steve Nash still the head coach? Right, because he has not proven that he's a good head. He, we understand he's not great, but he hasn't proven he's a good head coach. Well, that's but that, I think get, that gets to the point of okay, it's ridiculous for Kevin Durant to complain. I'm glad the owner took up for his coach and and, and general manager, but at the end of the day, Jay Williams and I I know his point here. Jay mm-hmm. Williams was on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, and said, "Look, why would you trade him? KD's better than them." No, that, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Well, I thought they were going to play it right there. But nevertheless, the point is val- valid to me, which is who would you rather have in your organization? Would you rather have Kevin, Kevin Durant or would you rather have Sean Marks and, and Steve Nash? Who's going to give you a better chance of success? But, but here's the thing, though. You can't have players just going in and saying that, you know what? I'm going to tell the owner I don't want this general manager or this head coach here. Let me ask well, you, you a can. Question. Players no, do it just, all the time. Just listen to me. Yeah. 
Who are the two examples that we have? Well, LeBron. LeBron won what by himself? What did, what did LeBron win as being the main guy? What did he win? Well, he's won a bunch, but I, he, what I'm my saying My point to, exactly. Okay, listen, but let's just think about what the Nets, though, if they get rid of Durant. The problem they have is they have no draft picks. They have no capital. They've given it all away for this team. And if they abandon this team, you are looking at a prolonged period. You're back to where they were when they did the Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett deal. You're mm-hmm. back to this wasteland where you have a potential to be awful for years. And if you're the owner, you got to sit there and say, if I make this deal, maybe I should. But if I do, we're back to being terrible for the near future. Well, here's the thing, though. You have teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers that give you a positive outlook. You have teams like the Phoenix Suns who, you know what, win these draft ne- positions. But you're not going to get well. you're not going to get Durant value. Guys like that, you, it, so is you, so you, it is so impossible. It is impossible to get fair value for them. It's impossible. So Matt, you hold on to them until you can get what you want for them. But, but I'm not giving him. A, I mean, but I'm not giving him away for a bag of peanuts. But who? But but go. You have to find me a team, Harry, that has the draft capital that the Nets want. The problem is because of the Rudy Gobert deal, and because of what what's been talked about for Donovan Mitchell. There are just no teams out there that can trade for Durant and give equal value. There's a lot of teams that would like to have him, but there's not very many. I don't know if there is a team out there that has the capital and would be willing to give it up. So just by your very nature of trading him, you are going to accept pennies on the dollar. You just are. Because it is impossible for a guy that good, with the way the cap is now, it's impossible to get somebody without taking a star back, and nobody who's going to get Durant is going to give you a star back. So I just don't know what they do. I understand why he's taken up for his GM and coach. I think that's great. But I don't think getting rid of Durant, they will not be able to get anything back that's worth it. Well, they're not helping the cause by all this being public as well. Because if I'm an NBA team, uh, of course I'm not going to give you so what you So who do you want. think leaked it? Do you think Durant leaked it or do you think the ownership leaked it? Uh, uh, um, come on, let's be serious. I'm not going to put anything on anybody, but it, it got leaked. The, it got not, you don't want to put it on anybody? No, no, no. Because not when I 100% don't know. I don't okay. want to just say, hey, this side of the, uh, of the spectrum did it or this guy did it when I don't know. You see well, what I'm saying? I just think there, I agree with everything you said. There comes a point you have to look at Kevin Durant and go, I'm not doing this anymore. But the problem for the Nets, they are in a unique position where they mortgage their entire future, like the next six years, on this team. And it was the team that Durant created. And for him to want to get out of it puts them in an impossible spot. And that's why I rarely say this because I think guys should go where they want. They should do what they want. I'm always pro player. But this story has, in some ways, diminished my respect for Durant. He created this whole situation. Everybody bowed to his needs. And now he wants to abandon ship. And I just don't know how he can do that knowing that they moved heaven and earth to make him happy. Leaving now and especially demanding to leave now, Here, I just think it's a terrible look for a guy that I've always defended and that I've always really liked. Well, and I'll tell you this. Like, I still, I still think very highly of Kevin Durant. Uh, the thing is, is that, and, and I'm, I've always been of the mindset, like, listen, if you signed up for it, you you gotta, you got you to gotta go through with it, right? He signed up for four more years, uh, but he doesn't like what's, what's, what's tra- what has transpired, especially this past season with, with Kyrie Irving and then, that led to James Harden not to want to be there. And then you've seen they, they got swept by the Boston Celtics. Uh, so things didn't go as planned. So, hey, it's nothing for Kevin Durant to say, you know what, I want to go somewhere else. 
Is that right? I'm not going to sit here, sit up here and say it's right, but that's what it's he not. Wants. Of course it's not right. It's, you know the reason you got swept? You. You didn't make the plays down the stretch. No, they, no, no. They were in all those games, Terry. They were in all those games. All those games. They were in them. Every one of them. Listen. I'm not going to sit up here and say Kevin Durant is the reason why they lost. When well, Kevin Durant is he the guy the that team. was there, yeah, but he was there. Kyrie Irving wasn't there. Well, but you, but when you pick Kyrie Irving, you're giving yourself the possibility of getting know, Kyrie but Irving. But you can't sit up here and give all the blame to Kevin Durant. I will, because but I can because he knew what Kyrie and, and Irving. I'm a, and I can tell you, you're wrong. He and knew I have what no problem Ky- telling Harry, you. He knew what Kyrie Irving was when he got him. He knew it. He knew what he was. He's been this way for years. He knew He knew what James Harden was. He knew all this. He decided to go with him, and now it didn't work, and he wants to abandon and leave the Nets. And but, I that think that's, but that doesn't mean Kevin Durant is all at fault because of the failures that they had last year. It season. is. He picked these guys. He picked them. I understand that. So, Matt, Matt, Matt Jones, if I pick you to do a show today and – and it don't go as planned. You, is, is if it you're just my, my boss, fault? is it just my fault? Yes, <laughs> yes, no. it is. It don't, it don't work like that. Yeah, well, I think it does. We will get back to that in the NFL. And right now, one team is dealing with their best player wanting out. Unfortunately, it's my team. We'll deal with that next on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. It's a good question, and as a Bears fan, I have it, and that's why here on Canty and Carlin with Matt Jones and Harry Douglas, we got to bring in an expert like Dan Graziano. He's ESPN's NFL insider. When he comes on, I listen. Dan, there's not a lot of people that I will listen to when they say because I just feel like they know what they're talking about, and you're one of them. So I'm a Bears fan. Roquan Smith's probably the best player we have left. He's demanding a trade, says he doesn't get the money. Uh, that he deserves. How do you think this is going to end? Am I going to see him play a game in a Bears uniform again? Well, I, I think I, I think it sounds like maybe yes, because the GM came out pretty strong and said, you know, they want to sign him. He was surprised that Roquan went this route. Um, you know, it reminds me a little bit of the Debo Samuel situation earlier in the offseason where Debo told Darlington that he wanted to be traded and 
the Niners just said, you know, we don't, we don't want to trade him. The, the teams called, and the Niners said, we don't want to trade him. We want to sign him, and now he ends up getting signed. So that, that's my inclination. Now, what I don't know is how dug in Roquan is. He certainly sounded in his post and his announcement like he, like he, had, he had moved on. But, you know, at this point, it's about smoothing over the relationship and seeing if they can get to a point where, where they can even really negotiate a deal. And I think that's probably the zone that they're in. Um, they don't have to trade him. Uh, that is their leverage. His leverage is he doesn't have to play. Um, and so we'll see, again, which side is, is more dug in. But the fact that this came as a surprise to the team, actually I, I kind of take almost as a good sign uh, because the GM's coming out and saying, I didn't realize that it, it had reached this point. Um, and maybe that, uh, maybe that changes the tone of the negotiations for the better. Do you think that this is just like a money thing, or is it about the fact that the Bears have a chance to be absolutely horrible and Roquan Smith's like, I want to play for a better team? Because that's going to be harder to fix. So do you think that has anything to do with it? Uh, I think I, I think he would play for the Bears if he felt the contract was right. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I think he's, you know, he's a middle linebacker. He, he said in his, in his post that he – you know, he respects the, the tradition there, right? And Butkus and Singletary and Erlock. I mean, that, like, there's a there's a long and proud tradition, and he considers himself part of that. So I don't think it's a matter of him wanting out of a bad situation. I, I think he would probably stay if the money was right. Dan, the New York Jets got some devastating news this morning. Makai Becton is likely to miss the season with a kneecap injury. When you think about the second-year quarterbacks, right, and you think about Zach Wilson and Justin Fields, which one of those quarterbacks are in the worst situation coming into this season? Yeah, I know it's tempting to say Wilson because of today's news, but big picture in the offseason, I got to think the answer is Fields because I feel like the Jets did more to build around Wilson this offseason in terms of bringing in offensive talent, um, uh, to help him flourish, whereas the Bears are putting together a completely new offense with completely new coaches and uh, and not a ton at wide receiver. So I think I would say Wilson's in the better position to uh, to do well in his second year. I'm not sure either of these teams is going to be a real playoff threat, but I, I think the Jets have a stronger-looking roster around their second-year quarterback than the Bears do around theirs. Dan, I always say about golf as a golfer, when, when, you start, when you start having back issues, I don't care what you say, it's serious. If a, if a pro golfer has back issues, sometimes they're never the same. Sometimes with quarterback, people feel that way about an elbow. So when I hear that Matthew Stafford has an elbow injury, some people the, the Rams are acting like not a big deal. Do you get a sense that it is a big deal, or is it much ado about nothing? I don't know how it can't be a big deal, that the quarterback's arm hurts when he throws the ball. I, I just, like, fundamentally, that's that's not the situation you want to be in uh, because you, now you're going to get into the season, right? Like, they're able to regulate it now and keep him from throwing in practice and, you know, we've got a plan, we'll build him up. But the fact of the matter is they, they addressed it earlier in the offseason with an injection or some kind of procedure. It was supposed to make it better. It appears that it did not. And we're now a month away from the season – and there doesn't seem to be a situation where it, it, it's improving. So get into the season, you're not going to be able to regulate it as much. He's got to play. Uh, and if his elbow hurts every week or if it gets worse each week, to me that has to matter. Because even think about it, like he's a tough guy and he's played through injuries, played through pain. 
but the precision that is required to deliver the football at that position in this league, you know, even if you're off by just a just a centimeter here and there, it could be a huge difference. And so if his elbow hurts and he's compensating, he's throwing differently, uh, I, I think that's a real red flag. And I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time accepting uh, all of the, um, the Rams' insistences that it's not a big deal and it's under control. Yeah, another side of this is head coach Sean McVay has been brutally honest when it, when it has come to Matthew Stafford and his elbow issues. And my question for you, Dan, like why is he giving so much information uh, about the injury and not basically holding some of that back uh, for himself and the team? Well, I have a similar question, Harry, and that's, that's part of my skepticism, right? Because um, yeah, I remember a couple years back, I mean, Sean McVay was insisting that everything was fine with Todd Gurley when it definitely was not. Uh, so, you know, there, there are times where the team will give you information, so it seems like they're giving you information, and in fact, they're concealing the thing they don't want you to know. I think this could be a situation like that. Maybe he's telling the truth and just spinning it differently, right? Like, yeah, look, we're doing this and this and this, and we have a plan. We think it'll be okay. The elbow hurts. He can play through it. Uh, and, and maybe he's right. He knows more about football and quarterback play than I do, certainly. But I, I have a hard time sitting here thinking that the fact that the quarterback's elbow hurts is not a, a big problem going into the season. Yeah, I want to look at Sean McVay and go, me thinks doth protest too much with right. the way how much information yeah. he's giving. Uh, Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, thank you very much for the time as always, and we appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Take care. There you go. Now, Harry and I, we cheer for different college football teams. But we also agree that Kentucky-Louisville is an underrated college football rivalry. But what are some others? What are the games out there? Everybody knows Alabama-Auburn. Everybody knows Ohio State-Michigan. But what are the college football rivalries that maybe you don't watch where the hatred is so intense you should be watching? That's next here on Canyon and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Kenny and Carlin here, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Matt Jones. Harry, I would make the argument that the greatest athlete in one sport, the person that is the most definitively best at their sport to ever do it, announced that she's heading to retirement today, Serena Williams. I would say no person 
has been more definitively the best that ever has been at their sport than Serena is with tennis. The only person that's close is Gretzky in hockey, but I'm still taking Serena. Yeah, you, when you think about Serena, you think about how she revolutionized the game and made it possible for, like, young black girls and people who looked like her to to want to play tennis, want to get involved. She's the main reason why I actually started watching tennis, um, and I actually got more involved on in the men's side, but she's the reason why I actually watched it from the women's perspective. But you look about you look at you look at her father, right? And you know, how many so so many people thought he wasn't doing things the right way, but then he has two Venus and Serena. Uh, you talk about Grand Slams, twenty three, one short. Of, I think of Margaret Court. Uh, I think it, you talk about men's and women's now, not just women's, but men's and women's combined. But you talk about a lady who revolutionized a lot, who's meant a lot to the game of tennis, but not only the game of tennis, but to so many people's lives and motherhood. It goes to show you also that when you hit a certain time in your career, you start to realize that certain things are more important, more so than a sport, right? When you become a mother, when you have kids, you know, I want to be there for my child. I want my child to say, you know what, the, just the babysitter was taking care of me all the time. Well, the nanny was. And so I commend Serena uh, on all of her accomplishments, but I think the biggest one I commend her on is that's being a mother and understanding that she has to be a mother and be present in her, uh, in her daughter's life. I, I'm a big tennis guy. played tennis growing up. The thing that is the most amazing to me about Serena is how long she's been good. Oh, yeah. Tennis in general, but especially women's tennis, you just don't see people have long careers. They just don't. I mean, that does not happen in women's tennis. And for her to be able to have been as successful as she was for as long as she was is unheard of in the sport. There's never going to be anybody that is anywhere close to that. Serena Williams – you, the, the gap between her and second, which is probably yeah. Steffi Groff, is unbelievable. So you have to say w- with her, Harry, I, I don't know that – well, do you agree with me she's the best to ever do a sport in terms of, like, being that dominant in her sport? Nobody else is close? Oh, that, that's a tough one. But I, I can honestly say, like, I think she's the best to ever play tennis. Well, that's um, definite, but I think I don't think there's anybody else that is more definitively I mean, the best at their sport than Serena was right there. In 10 seconds, I'm going to eat Harry's lunch on the topic of college football. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. 
It is Kenny and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Harry Douglas, a Louisville Cardinal. I'm Matt Jones, a Kentucky Wildcat. And, you know, when college football first coaches poll came out yesterday, Alabama was number one. We'll get to whether or not that was a good pick in a minute. But when you think of college football, I don't think there's any sport, Harry, where it's more about the rivalries, right? And so part of why I like uh, hosting with you is there's a rivalry here, Kentucky and Louisville. And I was thinking about that today because when you think of college football, people probably think of two rivalries. First, the Iron Bowl, Auburn-Alabama, mm-hmm. always a great game. Then Ohio State-Michigan. I think those are the two that sit out. But which what I, I like – but, but, but hold on, Matt. Which I got to say really quick, I had an opportunity because I worked with College Game Day and do a show countdown to College Game Day. I had a chance to attend last year uh, at Michigan, and it was everything that the hype said it was going to be. Phenomenal. Best yes. atmosphere Have I've been Have you ever been to, been to Auburn-Alabama? No, I haven't been to the Iron Bowl yet. All right, here's the difference. This is in my – like, Ohio State-Michigan, to me, is kind of like Duke-Carolina basketball in the sense that it's a great rivalry, and they they don't like each other, but at the same time, they, they both sort of think they're better than everybody else, right? So they're okay. Oh, yep. Like, they sort of think, <laughs> yeah, we don't like you, but collectively we're just – we're snootier than everybody else. That's always how – I went to Duke. That's how Duke-Carolina is. You know, they hate each other, but really what they love to go is we are so much better than everyone else. Auburn, Alabama is about hate. Like, they just hate each other. You know what I mean? They, they see each other on the street, and they want to punch each other in the face. And to me, that's what a rivalry is, is when two groups of people just don't like the sight of each other. And you and I know this with Kentucky and Louisville. Mm-hmm. I live in the city of Louisville. Half this city is Kentucky fans. Half the Whoa. city is Louisville fans. Yes, it's true. Whoa. Don't act like it. Listen, I do a University of Kentucky radio show. I top the ratings over all your Louisville shows, so don't even talk to me. But nevertheless, oh. half the that's about half and half. And then, and the fact that you have to live with each other, Harry, that's part of it. When you see the people every day and you mm-hmm. just can't stand the sight of them, like you probably when you played could not stand the sight of blue. That's how I am with that stupid cardinal with teeth that you all have as your mascot. I still don't like the color blue. Mm. <laughs> Nothing's even, changed. Even Still now? Still don't like it. Still don't like it. Yes. But am I right about the hatred? Oh, no. No, no. You're 100% spot on. So that gets me to, I think there are some underrated rivalries where the hatred is so deep that maybe you don't know about it, but you need to be part of it because it's nasty. You're calling one in week one, Harry, I know that you think is very underrated. Yeah. So, uh, so countdown to college game day. Game day starts actually – uh, in Pittsburgh, West Virginia versus Pittsburgh, the backyard brawl. And when you go to think about this game, and then actually this year you have two uh, quarterbacks that actually transfer, Keaton Slovis and JT Daniels. But you look at the history of it, all the way back to 1997 in three overtimes, and Mark Bolger threw for only over 350 yards. And then you look at this, the players, Adam Pacman Jones, right? You think about Pat McAfee, Pac White, Steve Slayton. But then when you look at the Pittsburgh side, you think about Dave Wanstead, right? In the years that he was there, and Darrell Revis and LaShawn McCoy. I think it's more underrated, and those two teams do not like each other. This rivalry has not been played since 2011, and I'm ecstatic. I'm, I'm just happy that it's actually back, and I get to be there week one, September 1st, is on a Thursday night to watch these two, these two teams play. There's a lot of Appalachian dislike there with oh, West Virginia. Yes. And people don't people don't think of Pittsburgh as like a country town, and it's not really country, but it's right on the edge of country, and their fans, a lot of them are country. And so you get those two groups together, 
they got a lot more in common than they act like. That's why they call it the backyard brawl. I think that's part mm-hmm. of Harry. What makes a good rivalry is that y'all have a lot, a lot. You all have a lot in common, but you just arbitrarily decide to define yourselves as different based on what color your shirt is. Correct. And I think that's in part why you dislike each other so much, right? No, I agree with you there. And I've actually played against West Virginia. I had a chance to visit Morgantown. Um, I had a chance nuts. to play against Those Pittsburgh. Those people are crazy. Oh, my I mean, God. they're crazy. I got batteries thrown at me, all kind of stuff thrown at the bus. Batteries thrown at me while I was on the sidelines from fans in the stands, Matt. They Literally. might be. And I say this with love because I don't, I'm not necessarily saying this is a criticism. But they might be the wildest set of fans in college sports is West Virginia football. West you go Virginia, you go there on a Saturday night. Blue Ridge Mountain. You better wear a helmet. I'm just saying, you better wear a helmet. Take me home. Am I just gonna to have to listen to you sing every segment? I belong. West Virginia. Okay, that's enough. All right, now the other one for me is the egg bowl. Have you ever been to the egg bowl on Thanksgiving? I have not, but I do have a memory in my mind. I think it was Elijah Moore, actually. Well, wait a minute. Don't, like get, don't, don't step dog. on my show. Don't Sorry. see. Look at you. <laughs> I, 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 this is why you can't do stuff with Harry. He wants to win every segment. I didn't even let me set up the Egg Bowl. The Egg Bowl, <laughs> they play it every Thanksgiving night, okay? It's always after you've eaten your turkey, you can turn it on. And the people in that state, that state divides in half. By geography. The the bottom half are Mississippi State fans. The top half are Ole Miss fans. And they go absolutely crazy. And it does lead to things like you're talking about. The Elijah Moore dog incident. You Mm -hmm. got Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach, two of the biggest trash talkers in the entire United States. To me, the Egg Bowl is can't miss television every year. And hottie toddy. What do you mean hottie toddy? Oh, Miss. Okay, see, you got to get more rooted into this. No, see? I know what hotty toddy means. Why are you saying it? <laughs> well, I'm saying because of Ole Miss. Like, I, I went there last year and watched the Ole Miss game, so, and, and I enjoyed it. Actually, I love the way at the Grove the people dress up and really take it to another level. Oh, so they do. I Chandeliers that. in the yes, uh, I appreciate yes. that about yes. Ole Miss. It is a, if you've never been, the best tailgating in the United States is at Ole Miss every single year. Now, one yes. player dominated college football, and now he's doing it at the next level. That's next here on Candy and Garland.